Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, we've been talking about the new creation, who we are in Christ, amen? For the last several weeks, let's turn over to uh, the text we've looked at so many times, and that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... You know, if you're born again, if you've made Jesus your Savior and your Lord and you've been born again, you are in Christ and this applies to you. It says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old life and everything associated with it passed away when you were born again. The old man, the Bible says, the old man was crucified with Christ. That means he's dead. That means he's gone. He's never coming back again. Glory to God. It it says our, our old man was crucified with Christ. Romans 6, verse 6, I believe, that the body of sin, now that's talking about the sin nature in the flesh. You do, I'm sure you're aware that when you got born again, your flesh didn't change. Your flesh still has a a fallen uh, uh, propensity to sin. There is the, the nature of the flesh. Now that nature is not in your heart because your heart is your inward man. We know this, that you are a spirit you have a soul and you, you, a spirit man, you live in a physical body. Well, that body didn't get changed when you received Christ. So the body still has the same appetites. It still has the same uh, tendency to look out for itself and to put itself first, if you notice that. Well, he said the body of sin, that sin nature, that it might be destroyed. Now, that's a little misleading in, in the older King James Uh, the margin of my Bible says rendered inoperative. And and it's actually the same word where the word destroyed, the old man was crucified with Christ that the body of sin, the sin nature of the flesh might be destroyed. That word is the same. uh, You're here in in, uh, 2 Corinthians. Go to uh, glory to God. Where do I want to go? I'm looking. Any man looking with me? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not it. Praise the Lord. I, I'm, I'm looking at the text and I'm trying to remember the script. How can I find the? How can I find it in the Bible that I when I haven't pulled up the verse yet? Oh yeah, that's where it is. Okay, it's in First Corinthians. <laughs> I made the mistake of trying to find it before I figured out what I was trying to find. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter. It always helps to know what you're looking for when you start to look. First Corinthians chapter two. I knew what the word was, didn't know where the verse was. 1 Corinthians chapter two, in verse number seven, it says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now it says in verse seven that 
or in verse eight, that none of the rulers of this age had known. Uh, That's not the verse, it's verse number six. I'll get there, verse number six. Notice the rulers of this age, last part of verse six, the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. That's the same Greek word that's translated that the body of sin might be destroyed, rendered inoperative. Now, I, like, I said all that to say this. There's one translation, and it's the Moffat's translation of verse number six, where it says the rulers of this age, these are the dethroned principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world that Jesus defeated on the cross. It's not talking about uh, earthly rulers. It's talking about these spiritual rulers. And it says that they're coming to nothing. The Moffat's translation says that they're the dethroned rulers uh, who have been, it's not, uh, yeah, dethroned. It says the dethroned rulers, the dethroned rulers. In other words, they've been, they're, they're, they, were, they were in charge, but they've been dethroned. Well, if you take that word dethroned and you put it, because it, it's the tra- Moffat's translation of, of this word that's used, that's uh, translated destroyed over in Romans 6. Look at it that way. The sin nature of the flesh has been dethroned. Now, it's still there, just like evil spirits are still present, but they've been dethroned. They lack the authority to dominate you. Well, your sin nature, that fleshly nature, has been dethroned. That means it cannot dominate you against your will. That means it cannot rule over you if you don't allow it. And that's the way when I read Romans 6, 6 that I quoted to you just a minute ago, that's what, that's what I usually say. I always say that the, the sin nature of the flesh might be dethroned. He's, it's been dethroned, glory to God that you should no longer serve sin. Really wasn't gonna talk about sin today, but I just might. Amen. Amen, that you should no longer be a slave to sin. We're gonna get there. Praise the Lord. Let me get back to my text. Go back to 2 Corinthians. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, five again. If there, or if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away Behold, all things have become new. We talked about the fact that when you were born again, you became a brand new person in Christ. You see, the new birth isn't just a religious term or phrase or or, uh, 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 religious wording. When a person is born again and comes to Christ, it's not just a change of mind. It's not, a, a, it's not an enlightened philosophy. It's not turning over a new leaf. It's certainly not getting religion. How many of you have heard that expression before? Yeah, so-and-so, we heard he got religion last week. Went to a revival and got religion. Being born again is not getting religion. Jesus said, when he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, literally in the Greek, he said, you must be born from above. He contrasted natural birth to spiritual birth. You know, Nicodemus, he said, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. How, you know, how can a man when he's old enter into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
He said, do not marvel, do not be surprised that I'm telling you, you must be born from above. There is, when a person accepts Christ, there is a, a new creation that is birthed. God, in a, in a very specific, definite, creative act, creates a brand new person on the inside of you that didn't exist before. The old man died and he's not coming back and in his place a new person was created. See, when that gets, when that gets down on the inside of you, it will change everything about your life. The reason people stay in bondage to sin and bondage to past hurts and injustices and all the things that have happened in life. The reason Christians struggle with those things for years and years and years and years if they've, is because they've never understood that when they were born again, old things passed away. All of that former life passed away. You know, I, before I was born again, I still, in my mind, I still remember things. And I remember things about a past life. And I remember things about past conduct that, that are not good. But I'm gonna tell you, since I got a hold of this message yeah, in, in early in 1973, when I got a hold of the message that, that when, I, when I came to Christ, I became a brand new person in Christ. When I got a hold of that, my past disappeared. I mean, I, I, the shame, the sense of guilt, the sense of failure, sense of disappointment, anything that had ever, ever been said about me, what people thought about me, all of that just vanished out of my life. Glory to God. Because I got a hold of the fact that I was a new person. Glory to God. You know, we have new babies born around here quite often, you know, and we have another slew, you know, another uh, 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 slew, is that the right, another group of them? <laughs> Another covey of them, I don't know, coming up, a flock of them. And, uh, you know, you don't look at a brand new baby and go, I wonder what, I wonder what they've been doing. Now, I wonder what kind of bad things are in their past. No, they're, 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 that's the thing about babies, they're, that you love them. They're so innocent. They don't have a past. Well, that's what happened when you came to Christ. Glory to God. You were given new life. Oh, hallelujah. And your past is God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor, I mean, uh, Miss, Miss Iris, would you mind if I read your uh, text you sent me this week? Would you mind if I didn't? I was going to ask you earlier. It's kind of putting you on the spot. <laughs> Sister Iris texted me this this week. I, I've been teaching on this the last several weeks. She wasn't in service last Sunday, so she said, uh, she said, Pastor, I just listened to Sunday's, Sunday's AM service and would like to respond. I could tell you some stories about all kinds of child abuse that would curl your hair. And for years I let them bother me and believed I was unworthy even after I was born again. I always had a strong determination to overcome and be a good person and parent to my children, but it was always a struggle. Then in 1987, I started attending Impact Family Church and fell in love with the word because up until then I only knew that I was born again. What you teach should be taught to everyone. The truth has and will set you free. It did for me. It helped me to use my deter that determination to get past my past. I truly am a new creation. No one has to let their past define their future. 
When the enemy tries to stir up some, some of that junk, I'm very quick to remind him that the person he's speaking of no longer exists. So keep preaching what you're preaching and know it's very effective. Amen. That's a result of getting a hold of who you are in Christ. Glory to God. It means everything. Like I said last week or the week before, you will not be able to be strong in faith if the devil keeps you reminded of your past and keeps you with a sense of shame and a sense of unworthiness, a sense of not measuring up. Oh, if people only knew, if, people, if, if the truth got out, what would people think of you? Well, they'd think they, you were a lot like them, probably. And, 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 and they'd also think, thank God that person went to the cross. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. And God created a brand new man. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So being in Christ, being born again, is an actual spiritual experience. And, and, uh, and I like one translation of, of, of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, he is the work of a new creation. In other words, there was an actual creative event. Oh, hallelujah. And we talked about last week the fact that whenever a person receives Christ, he receives eternal life. I don't know what I thought eternal life was growing up. I heard all of my life, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but, who, but should have everlasting life. And I guess I just thought it meant you, 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 you would receive uh, never-ending life. In other words, you, you wouldn't, I knew that people died physically, but I understood that it meant you would live eternally. It is so much more than that. Life is God's very nature. Go to uh, Romans, I, I mean, uh, John chapter five. Go to John five. John five. And look at verse... Hallelujah. We'll look at verse 26 and then we'll go back to verse 24. Jesus said, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself. Notice God has life, eternal. This is the word zoe, in the original Greek, and it's the word that's translated eternal life, everlasting life, and sometimes, like here, it's just translated life. It's, it's God didn't receive eternal life. God, God wasn't given eternal life. God always has been, and he is eternal life. That is, that is his nature, as the Father has life in himself, even so, Jesus said, he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Now go back to verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he, he who hears my word and believes on him who sent me has zoe and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into zoe. See, when we, we read over in Ephesians that when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. Glory to God. And we passed out of the realm of death over into the realm of eternal life. Glory to God. And go with me over to 2 Peter. 
I'm, I'm trying to catch up, sort of reiterate to get us where we want to go today. Second Peter chapter one, verse three says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Now let that settle in. That you might be partakers of the divine nature. Do you, do you ever consider yourself? Does it ever register on you? Do you ever reflect on the fact that you have partaken of, of God's divine nature? His nature is in you. See, that's, that's what that life is. When, when you receive Christ, you receive eternal life. His nature comes into you. Today's Mother's Day. In a few weeks, we'll celebrate Father's Day. And when we talk about our parents, it's, it's so often that it makes us think about what kind of, uh, of genes we have and what's in us because of our parents. You know, Steve was here this morning. It's good, I didn't say this earlier. It's good to have my eldest, my firstborn here today. Glory to God, Steve and his wife, Christy, and uh, Ethan and Jared, my two grandsons. And he said when he came in that two or three people stopped him and said, you know, you look like Pastor Greg. <laughs> Well, that's because of, of, of the genes that they have that came from their parents. Isn't that right? You, you look like your parents. Unfortunately, sometimes you act like your parents. Some try to overcome acting like their parents. But the point is, you receive a nature from your parents. Well, when you were born again, you were a partaker of the divine nature. God's divine nature is in you. And, and it controls how you live. I said it controls how you live. It affects how you live. You as a born again person, you cannot just live any way you want to. His nature won't let you. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Go with me over to 1 John and look at, hallelujah. Go to the, to the third chapter of 1 John. I really didn't intend to get into this today, but we're going to. Verse four says, whoever commits sin commits lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Now, I know it's quiet because I kind of quietened you down, but it's really extra quiet right now. Whoever abides in him does not sin. 
Well, but, 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 but. Now, hold your place there and go back to the first chapter. First chapter, verse number nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Little children, chapter two, verse one, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now in verse number nine, and then going down to chapter two, verse number one, he's talking about what to do when you sin. First of all, if he said, I'm, I'm writing this to, to you so that you won't sin, but if you do sin, know that you have an advocate with the Father and you can confess your sins and he's faithful and just to forgive you. Now, this wasn't written to the world. This was written to the church. Well, how in the world does that, does that uh, fit with chapter three, verse number six? Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. How does that, how does that fit? The word abides, see the word in, in uh, 1 John 3, 6, whoever abides in him. See the word abides. And then you see the word sin. And then the next sentence, whoever sins. All of those are verbs. Abide is a verb. Of course, we know sin can be a noun, but here is the verb form of this Greek word. And all, all of these, both of these uh, abides and sins, these are both verbs and they're both in the present tense in the original Greek. Now, in the original Greek, they have uh, different rules that apply to tenses and they have more tenses than we have in English. But in the, in, the, in the original Greek, the, word, the present tense verb always connotes content, present continual action. In other words, in the, in the original Greek, something that's in the present tense now is, but it continues. It's an ongoing, it's not just locked in, in time to right now. It's now and it's continuous. It's continuous present tense action. So you understand that when it says whoever abides in him. When, see, we're in him, but our abiding in him is a continual thing. We, we stay in Christ. We don't, we don't jump out of Christ and back in. Now, how many of you have ever had an, an automobile uh, with an automatic transmission that, that the transmission slipped in and out? Anybody ever experienced that before? I used to have one that uh, we drove to Oklahoma one time and we carried an entire case of transmission fluid in the truck. So, I mean, there was a red stripe on the road. You know, the transmission fluid's red. It was a red stripe from Florida all the way to Oklahoma. That <laughs> thing leaked so much transmission fluid. And if, I, and if I didn't keep transmission fluid, it'd just slip out of gear. You know, you'd be going down the street and you're, you know, you're underpowered and all of a sudden it'd just slip out of gear and you're coasting and, you know, and it'd catch again and, you, you know, you're underway again. Now, I don't know when automatic transmissions were created, when, when they were first invented. 
But I can imagine when they first came out with automatic transmissions, they didn't go on market unless you put it in gear and it stayed in gear. I don't think the first generation of automatic transmissions were like the one I had, you know, the one that was slipping in. I, I don't think they could have sold that on the American public. Oh, yeah, you have to have this automatic transmission. And it's good for several minutes, you know, and, you, and then it'll slip out. But just, you know, just coast for a while. It'll catch on, you know, and, and hook up again. They would have never sold that product. No one would have bought it. Isn't that right? Well, when, when God created the plan of redemption and put us in Christ, it's not a slippery thing. You don't slide in and out of Christ. You're not in Christ one minute, and then whenever you do something wrong, you slip out of Christ, and then you're back in Christ again, and you slip out, and you're back in Christ. Whoever abides in him. When you were born again, you were placed in union with Christ, and it's a present tense but continual action. Well, the same tense is used in the word sin here. Whoever continues in him does not continue in sin. The, the word sin is a verb and it's, and it's present tense continual action. He goes on to, to say in the next verse, let no one, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins, you could say he who practices sin. He who practices sin is of the devil. See, that's what he's talking about in verse number six. If you're in Christ, you abide in him. And if you are abiding in him, you're not abiding in sin. You're not practicing sin as an ongoing thing in your life because he goes on to say, whoever sins who, who abides, present tense, continual action, whoever continues on in sin is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not continue in sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin. Glory to God. Why? Because he has been born of God. The new birth is, is a birth from heaven whereby we receive a new nature. That eternal life comes into us. The seed of God is planted on the inside of us. And just like your children have your, your DNA stamped to some degree on the inside of him, God's spiritual DNA is stamped on the inside of your spirit, man. And you are of God. You are like God. You're not God, but you're of God. You have his nature. Glory to God. That's why as a Christian, you cannot persist in sin. You just cannot do it. Now, that doesn't mean you don't yield sometimes because I know you do. God made provision for that because he knew that the flesh would still try to dominate us and if you don't understand that the old sin nature of the flesh was was rendered inoperative, 
that means it was dethroned in your life, then from time to time, your flesh will rise up and, and you will fall under temptation and you'll yield to that. But how many of you understand when you do, you know it and you know immediately something's wrong. This is not, I cannot live in this. I cannot stay. And so you go to God and you say, God, I, I confess that I've done wrong. I receive forgiveness. Glory to God. See, today there, there's, there is a phony Christianity that's being preached in this world. And it's being preached from pulpits all over this nation. All over this nation. That basically says when, you know, you can come to Christ and all you have to do is believe on Jesus that God raised him from the dead and that's all there is to it and you don't have to change. The fact of the matter is to be born again, all you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you genuinely believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and are born again, you will change. But see, there's this idea presented. Don't worry about it. You know, you can, you can still be a drunk. You can still be an adulterer. You can still be a, a, a drug addict. You can still be a liar and a cheat. It doesn't matter as long as you believe. That is a phony gospel. Because a person who comes to Christ who doesn't want to live right hasn't come to Christ. I'm going to say that again. A person who allegedly comes to Christ but does not intend to live a godly life, he has not found Christ. I don't care if he says, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me and was raised from the dead. If, he is a not, if he's not intending to follow Christ, he's not believing what he says he believes. That's the truth. People who tell you, well, you know, God loves me like I am. And, uh, you know, God, God, I've tried to be free from this sin, but I can't get free. And I just, I just came to the conclusion that God loves me like I am. And, and he just accepts me and I accept myself. That person, he doesn't know Christ. I said that person doesn't know Christ. I'm going to say it a third time. That person doesn't know Christ. If they, because if you were born again, his seed is in you and you could not do that. You could not settle with that. No way could you go along with that. Well, you know, I just, this is, this is the way God created me and so I'm just gonna live this way. No, no, not if his seed's in you. Not if that divine nature's in you. There will be a war on the inside of you all the time until you deal with that and, and learn to submit to the righteousness of God. And if you have written that, a person that's written that off, I'm telling you, they're not going to heaven. They're not going to heaven. There's a lot of people in church today who have been lied to and they think they're going to heaven because they made a confession of faith, but they're not going so you judges, no, I'm not naming anybody. I'm, ju I'm judging what the Bible says. It says right here that a man who continues in sin and, and practices sin as a lifestyle is of the devil and doesn't know God. I didn't say that. John said that. Blame it on him. Well, praise the Lord. 
You know, it, it said, well, who are you mad? I'm not mad at anybody. I, I'm telling you, there is false doctrine that is being preached to this generation that's going to take people to hell because they're, they're, they have a false assurance that they're saved and they're not. Paul listed a lot of these sins. And he said, neither thieves, nor drunkards, nor homosexuals, nor liars. And he named all He said, they have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, he said. Did he say that? Did Paul say that? Do not be deceived. He said, such were some of you, but you were washed. Oh, glory to God. But you were sanctified. Oh, hallelujah. When you come to Christ, there is a sanctifying effect. Nearly every one of the epistles that Paul wrote, he, he opened them by saying, to the saints who are in Christ Jesus, to those who have been sanctified by the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get born again, there is a sanctifying effect that, that starts in your life and it's an ongoing thing because we don't, we don't come to Christ and the next day we're, we're mature Christians. We're still baby Christians. We still make mistakes. We still fail, but the Spirit of God is always there helping us, leading us, not throwing us out. He doesn't throw us away. We don't slip out of, of, of our salvation and then we get it right, we slip back in. No, he keeps us. He keeps working with us. He keeps dealing with us and he's patient and he's forgiving over and over and over. If you'll work with him, he'll work with you all of your life. Amen. Amen. That's the good news. But, but be not deceived at the same time. Paul also taught that. Don't be deceived. Yeah. For these, other, these people that, that commit these other things, he said, they're, they're, they're not going to heaven. They're, they're, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. They're not going to be there. We have, to, we have to understand the truth that when a person comes to Christ, they come to receive not just a uh, 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 permission to live on in their lifestyle and to keep doing what they've already always done knowing well God forgives me every day no a person that comes to Christ wants to be like him yeah. wants to receive Christ as savior as lord as master as ruler and to be like Christ yeah. now none of us have, have fully arrived at that measure of perfection but that's in the heart of every Christian. Every Christian, that's in it, it's in his heart to want to be like Jesus. And we keep growing and he keeps helping us and he keeps correcting us and he keeps forgiving us and he keeps teaching us and he keeps showing us and he keeps guiding us and hurting us along. Thank God. Amen. Because he loves us. Amen. And he wants us to grow up fully into his image. Oh, glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was gonna deal with some other things today that we'll get to. That's what I love about pastoring. It's always next week. <laughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. Had a real good quote here, but I'm gonna hold on to that. Praise God. Hallelujah. If any man 
is in Christ. Old things have passed away. Like I said, you know, when someone dies, we like to, you know, we like to, we like these euphemisms, you know, like say, well, you know, so-and-so passed away. It means they died. But it just sounds better to say they passed away. Well, the old man passed away. Bless his stinking heart. He passed away. He's dead. He is, he got sixed. He's dead. <laughs> Amen. He went under, glory to God, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his place, when Jesus was raised up, in that old man's place where he used to be, God raised up a brand new man. You and me raised us up together with Christ. Glory to God. Having forgiven us all sins, all trespasses, all the past. And then all the things he's put into us. And that's really what I was going to talk to you about today. Some more of the things that he's put into us. Oh, glory to God. And, and one of those things is he, he's put his life, that divine nature, that seed of God is in us. Oh, thank God. I, I'm glad that when I miss it, I'm glad it's not okay. I'm glad my heart troubles me when I miss it. Oh, thank God for that. Don't despise that. Thank God for that. In his mercy and his love, your, your heart knows it when you do wrong and he's created you that way. He's, God's not shaming you. It's just his seeds in you and you know, ooh, I can't do that. I, I got, something's got to change here, God. I got to do something different and he'll help you. Praise God. Well, thank God, thank God, thank God. Hallelujah. Well, why don't we stand up? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. God, you're so good to us. We're so grateful, Father, for the new birth, for the new creation, man. Glory to God. That we're not like we used to be. Sometimes, Father, our behavior trips us up. But in our heart, Father, we're new creations. Glory to God. And we know, Father, that when he forgives, when you forgive, you said you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You not only forgive, Father, but you cleanse. Glory to God. You cleanse the conscience. You cleanse our conscience from sin. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses the conscience from sin. And we're so grateful for that cleansing because when our conscience is cleansed, then we have boldness in your presence. When our conscience no longer condemns us, we have great boldness, great freedom, great authority, and we rise up and we take our place and we put the devil on the run and we remind him that we are no longer slaves of sin. And we're no longer slaves of our past. And we're no longer even associated with the man who was. There's no relation between the new man and the old man. They're not related at all. Oh, Father, what a wonderful reality that is. And like Sister Iris said, when the enemy tries to bring up the past, we just remind him that the person he's talking about 
no longer exists. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.